0: This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers.
1: Are you guys ready? Yep. Ready to roll. Guys, welcome to Knife Talk. This is the number one knife-related podcast on this German-fested planet p- weekly. We're we're here. I'm Jeff Fader from Fader Knives. I'm here with Mareko Momasi Momasi Fire Arts, and Craig is now is not with us. Something's going on. He's getting it taken care of. But we have what a what a stand-in we have. My boy, our boy, everybody's boy. Fingal Ferguson's here. Fingal, hey, how the fuck are hi, you? He loves. I'm very good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much for stepping in on short notice. It was very yeah, very good. Good to get the message. Oh well, you know it's not hard to it's hard to it's hard to say no to a guy like fingal how have you you been good now i think um
2: it's it's been it's been busy i mean hey look it's that wind up to christmas everybody loves the wind up it's um
1: i fucking hate it do you (laughs) You know you always hate it (laughs) yeah i'm not
2: i I, I actually kind of confessed to having my issues with christmas but do you know it is a time as a food producer it's a time to to kind of you gotta you gotta you know go with the crunch you got to just head down and drive on um yeah. so we're trying to because we make like our, our hams so that's the kind of a big christmas thing um so we're that that's the kind of the head is melted working out where the 250 hams going off in different directions different sizes different people doing the logistics making the cheese making sure we have stuff that will um kind of be there over the periods and of course everybody who you probably haven't heard of for for like Ages, suddenly starts coming in looking for four times the normal amount, and so it's a logistical kind of thing. But you know what? It's um, it's only good, and it is good when when the crew's there and everybody's on the same page and all the cogs are turning, and it's fantastic to get into that into that motion. So I'm in a good place because we've got a great team this year,
1: and you like the mayhem. And who
2: doesn't? But do you, what, you uh. know what? I don't like boredom, <laughs> and I don't like things going wrong. <laughs> so. I work hard to make sure things run smooth because that's the adrenaline rush. (laughs) Wow. chasing that.
3: That's impressive. Rekha, you don't like the mayhem of Christmas. I don't. No. No, I try to cut my year short. I I try to call my year done in October. And so I start, my year starts in November slash December. So that I don't have the pressure of the I don't know. It's it's a is weird your, Is your your, your idea. bear,
2: is your spirit animal? Is this a, your time to go I into a cave? Yeah. Oh, I kinda yeah. like
3: semi-hibernate. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, I pick it up again. <laughs> Start rolling.
1: I love I mayhem. That. I'm in I'm all mayhem all the time. This is I was realizing today this is my thirtieth Christmas of mayhem, total mayhem. And starting back when I was in college, when I was selling sculpture for, you know, people for Christmas, and I had these crazy deadlines. And ever since then, I'm all in. I'm all in on the mayhem. And I'm mm. even now, we're just I'm getting a lot of locals, a lot of last minute shoppers. I'm making I'm making some uh some dead some unreasonable deadlines that I'm fired up oh, to wow. make. And I love the may I love the mayhem. This is I live for this shit. Mm. I always have. <laughs> We, I've kind of always looked at it that, that sort of extra
2: bit of busyness. You need that bit of business to help uh. get you through that period that you're going to shut down. Like in our case, like we're going to stop for, for Christmas and, and kind of start up in the new year. So it can be up to two weeks of closing down. Right. So it's like that's that little little sprint that kind of helps you kind of get through the quiet spell and um, mm. whatever, the shutting down period and, and the regroup. But <laughs> my but- list of things to do is getting longer and longer. What do you do between the kind of Christmas and New Year period? How well, do you
3: Jeff? Oh,
1: well, uh, so I'm going to work up until Christmas, and then the week—actually, uh, after we record this, I'm running to the airport to pick my kid up from the airport, which I'm just thrilled she's going to be home for a month, and I shut the shop down— for uh, between Christmas and New Year, and I and I come in and just kind of work on some things. So, I kind of work mm-hmm. on some things that we're going to do for the New Year. Uh, maybe I'll putter around. Maybe I'll kind of do some cleaning of some of the equipment. I'm not going to do a lot of it this year because my kids are around. But uh, I have a couple projects I want to get done. And then New Year's, we start in fresh. I'm already kind of planning on what we're going to do. You know, the day after New Year's, and I'm excited about it. And um, try to make a couple. Last to the before the end of the year a couple nice things I usually try to make a hammer by the last by the end of the year, so I'm gonna I got a hammer I'm gonna work on and then um, I got our this the, the office the 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 fader knives Christmas parties on the 13th So We're gonna go down to Chinatown, and I take everybody to Chinatown And we're gonna you know, let them eat and drink whatever the hell they want and we're gonna have. I'm some, flying in for that. You f- feel free. I mean, if you want to <laughs> fly in for some fucking Namwa, I'll pay for the Namwa, You're coming in. Mm-hmm. But uh, my wife
2: just got back from New York, and she made me jealous. I, I'm looking forward to another adventure mm-hmm. out there.
1: Ah, oh, dude, New York in the New York in the in, at Christmas time is the best. And it, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's very cliche the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree bullshit and stuff
3: like that. But like. There is something I mean, it, about, But it is impressive. It's cliche for a reason. It's pretty impressive. Well, that's, that stuff If is, you've never seen that shit that before. That stuff hmm. is, you know, that stuff is fine.
1: Rockefeller Center and the Christmas Tree is fine. It's like being in New York at Christmas is... It, there's a lot... It's exciting when it's cold and it's almost like I would imagine like in the France. The cold or, is
2: no joke as well. It's the... I've never felt the cold like it. Like your ears are going to snap off. It's that wind tunnel kind of effect that goes right.
1: through. Were you yeah, here in crazy. New York? About uh, twice... Maybe three oh, times. Well, this this winter has been nothing. This, this, the winter here has yeah. been nothing. We're not going to talk fucking weather today. But, uh, <laughs> Marekka, what do you do it.
3: between Christmas and New Year's? Uh, I mean, I'm out of the shop a little bit more than normal, but I, I still go into the shop and still working on stuff. I got builds going, uh, and so I'm just going to... I Just because there's, like, extra family... Uh, holiday shit going on so we'll go ice skating we'll go do see some of these holiday things going on whatever um and also because of this kids out of school um we're trying to take advantage of that and also help to relieve some of the burden of uh you know of the wife having to Manage the kid all the time, so I'll probably days. Do you, work do you have school plays
2: and things like that as well? Is that do you kind of get that kind of stuff?
3: We did a winter program, and that was last Wednesday. Monday? No, it was last Monday, and so, um, but that's it for now. I, I'm sure it'll become it'll get more elaborate as the years go on, but yeah, it's 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 a little bit more low key than normal. But I'm still getting into the shop work and working. I don't. Yeah. I don't treat these days is though there's something super special but uh, honestly people's birthdays are more important to me than fucking christmas and new year's day
1: but moreko you say you don't like christmas but you do enjoy the time you spend with your family it is a nice time this holiday season kind of like there's a little something special about being with your family
3: well yeah Sure, but I try to, I've to. i been trying to change the way I run the business so that I'm getting that time and, and, and doing that stuff throughout the year so that there isn't right. so much pressure around the holidays season to like make sure you're getting that holiday time in. It's like we've been fucking hanging out nonstop all year long. So it's just like par for the course for us to just kind of keep that up and maintain through the holiday season.
1: And Fingal your mania right now is not knife related it is all gabine farms related right yeah it's food stuff um but the i mean the
2: knives (laughs) i kind of left it a bit last minute i think was was it just me or was damasteel the chef invitational was that a bit later than it was previously Maybe the same, but
1: maybe same I, I kind of felt
2: like by the time i'd finished everything and shipped them out, and then I was making making more knives for for kind of Christmas, but you kind of realize if if most of my knives kind of go to the states and u k and and places like that you need enough time for them to ship, so right. I kind of did a drop kind of mid month and um, so yeah that was that was last last week 's excitement and um and that my wife was away that kicked off, and then at the same time we kind of start getting into the whole sort of peak food production kind of side of things. So um yeah they all kind of came at the same time. Sure. <laughs> so it's, but you know, that that is what it is. You head down and drive on. Um, yeah. but yeah, no that the, I think definitely I'm I'm not getting into the workshop as much and I will and I'm looking forward to kind of doing it between you know over the holidays and stuff to kind of get some get some projects under my belt. I have this this new workshop that I've been in for about a year now is really kind of clicking in and I'm kind of enjoying the space and the funny thing about having spaces is, is that kind of like maybe leaving projects out that you can work on and and it, you know it allows for the kind of the creativity of things and I, I want to um i kind of have a few challenges and interesting things coming up this year i got one of the um uh, 50 watt fiber laser coming oh um, nice so it'll be interesting to see what that does. Everything from will it potentially cut out kind of bolster, kind of like the little bits of the nickel silver kind of shims and what can I get to do that kind of stuff, customization, you know. But even on the food side of things, you know, kind of make gabine chopping boards or sort of packaging and kind of element. <laughs> you know, laser
3: engraved on a ham? <laughs> yeah. You know what, that's, that's, not, the fucking that's wor- not a
1: bad idea. That's not the worst I idea to- i ever heard either.
2: No, I used to you know brand that? them in. I, I used to actually. I had a brand for that, so I could actually burn oh, them nice. into to the air dried hams and stuff like that. And I, I so I, I, but this would be, um, yeah, the, the cooking instructions. Would be a bit freaky, wouldn't
1: oh. it? And
3: how <laughs> hilarious <laughs> would that be
1: if you had a ham and then all of it was like is z- z- like in you know in a, in a Times Roman font on on the side <laughs> of the ham? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Have you ever seen the, um, the, the that, that fake bacon, the sort of the, the, yes. the, the yes. And it's like made out of tofu, but it's actually yeah. kind of like dyed to look like bacon? Yeah. Yeah. So. That sounds
1: terrible. <laughs> Maybe you should like make some rashes and kind of get them to, it's to not look excellent. like, like it's tofu. Not ex- it's not excellent. It's not excellent, ladies and gentlemen. But, nah, but, I, but I got it. another question for you, but before we get into it, I got to take care of some of these ads. Guys... Knife Talk sponsored by Even Heat, manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. Find your next oven. Go to evenheat kilncom They've been with us for a long time. Customer service is the best. The ovens are the best. Don't play. And next is, I just got a package from Combat Abrasives. I, I bought some belts, and I used the promo code KnifeTalk15 to get 15% off when I went to CombatAbrasives.com. And that was worth it. So go get yourself some of that Combat Abrasives, ladies and germs. And, um... Next question, Fingal, Mm. take us through. I see. Usually when you oh, a question for
2: you. You were just talking about the even heat there. I'm thinking of making the jump. I have like 18 inch deep ovens, Uh. and I'm kind of thinking of making the jump up to 21 and actually upgrading to like um, I've got the touch kind of, but you know, I'm interested by the the tap controls. So I'm, I'm I'm kind of I must make a contact to find out how easy it is to get them through. Um, Europe and who the contacts are and I imagine, mm. I haven't actually had a look yet on their website but I wonder if it's all there but I would appreciate a contact because um, I think it would be an interesting um, thing to, to to upgrade, I might sell one of the, the smaller ones, they were perfectly good but do you know there's a point where you kind of start putting knives in on the angle
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> diagonally
2: yeah, sure. into an 18 inch oven and it would be <laughs> nice to have and I wonder, do can you actually the modern ones now, with a newer one compared to one that's maybe at this stage now 7 or 8 years old Um, do they actually heat up quicker i mean is there a way of actually getting extra is it extra elements will make them kind of come up in temperature and how much of an influence moreco is there in perhaps being able to increase and speed up the um or the speed of the rising temperature like basically you put a a blank in and then it gets up to critical faster that's actually beneficial to some steels isn't it
3: uh it can be um are you, as, long like a, so so, you, as long as the soak you putting is there, the, if you know what I mean. Yeah, are you putting the steel in cold and letting it come up to temperature with the kiln?
2: No, no, not at the oh, early okay. stage. I mean, like, hey, look, I usually get my kiln to come up to temperature, and then it beeps, and I kind of get a little job going. And then right. I put the blades in, knocks several hundred degrees off it by putting cold blades in, and sure. then it fights to get back up to temperature. So, like, that kind of 20 minutes... Of them sort of coming back up to temperature and then soaking. But I'm kinda of curious to see if if by upgrading um to a new I see oven, like
3: like the temperature the recovery. Benefits.
2: Yeah. I mean, is there truly a benefit in perhaps having that more horsepower in in a in a in a kiln? Yeah. Or does honestly, it actually
3: make a difference? I feel like that would be a better question. We should get Spence on the podcast, I just honestly.
1: Said, I just sent Spence's contact information to you, Fingle. Get yeah. a hold of
3: Spence. Thank you. He's Spence is the
1: man. Here's what
2: I. Would, I don't.
3: I don't know those ramp speeds and how they vary from older machines to newer ones. The v- uh, if they do it all, it's probably
2: down to. It's probably as. I mean, like we're 220, and that's your issue. It's probably down to the amount of heating elements and the the, the size, the size of the kiln. I imagine are the two variables and what you put in there, of course, as well. But if you have extra elements and the horsepower of electricity behind it being 220 then um, I'm sure it's better to bring them up to temperature quicker than to, to snail them. Well, and
3: especially with a larger kiln, if you're going from an 18 even to a 22, you have a, you have more thermal mass. You have more coils, but you also have more thermal mass in those bricks to help hold that temperature once it gets up there okay. so that it will also recover quicker um, when you put cold steel in. To but come is there technically the... more of it to heat up as well, though? I mean, yeah. There's l- but once it that, reaches temperature, yeah, you saying, yeah yeah once it reaches temperature and it's the same thing honestly with forges like you know to forge a knife you really only need a small forge but you know a lot of these guys who are forging damascus and stuff they have these giant forges and part Mm -hmm. of that is because of the cross sectional dimension of that billet that they're putting in and out of the forge is so large that they want it to recover as quickly as possible Mm -hmm. because the less time and heat the better kind of in a way uh to a point at least um and and so they have the larger kill or sorry forge with the la- greater thermal mass, and so it holds that temperature a lot better, and, th- and it will recover when you put the build back in. And I think it's the same situation with the, with the with uh, bigger, kil- with with bigger kiln, with the larger kiln. Yeah. yeah, even if you go twenty-two, uh, yeah, that larger thermal mass that you're working with will help it to recover quickly. I find mine uh, once I put a. Sp- Blade, and I'm only honestly, I'm not doing batches like you guys, but I'm, I, you know, I'll, I'll sometimes I'll do two, three blades at the same time, and it's back up to temperature in about five, ten minutes at the most.
2: Mm. I heard a good trick from um, when I was getting some Apex Ultra steel, and um, and from from Tobias about um putting extra metal if you're if you're doing an annealing process to actually load up the kiln with lots more metal so that once it hits temperature and you want to slowly you know it that, that extra mass of metal mm. inside the kiln right. will sure. kind of slow down the the cooling process and huh. act, you know that makes a lot so, of sense yeah so yeah, yeah. There's, there's, i love the, the tips and tricks keep them coming <laughs> i would suggest
1: i would suggest i have a 110 even heat and i have a 220 even heat the 220 even heat ramps up so much faster that right. I don't I only use the 110 now for tempering just because your
3: 110s your OG isn't it
1: it's the yeah the one I got a long long time ago and I've never had a, the only thing I've ever had to replace were the thermal couplers which is a 123 thing mm-hmm. and the thermocoupler replacement is only if you're you really so the thermal coupler is a little re- uh, thing that fits down into the uh, machine hmm. and then it reads and that's what reads the temperature and if you, I was talking to spence and at one point it just started going crook Kerplow. and he says, "Well, if mm, you're sure. if you're doing a ton of stainless at those high heats, the thermocoupler over a couple of years. I got, yeah. I think I got like two years out of a thermocoupler." And he was just like, "That's yeah, pretty I've good." Had to, I've had to replace one too. But the great thing is
2: about that one ten is it's not going to kill you if you touch it with the tongs. <laughs> you know, that's the whole thing about one ten
1: in the states, isn't it? Oh, well, it's the safety
2: element, right? Don't fucking touch! I mean, you I mean, know, know you you know you
1: touched it, like yeah, yeah. I've gotten z- I, look, it's you know what the thing is is that they're very easy. I my suggestion is is I wouldn't. I don't, I, I try not to think about those things. However, I didn't, I, you know, the 220 is definitely the way to go in terms of if you're looking for volume. And now, interesting enough is for me, I'm now finding that I can heat treat AEBL way more. I can do like mm. at least, I could probably heat treat 30 knives of AEBL a day easy mm. um, in sets of five because there's no ramp, there's no ramping up. So with AEBL, you bring it to, 1925 and then it holds it for 15 minutes and then you start quenching um, mm. and then you know when you take the last one out you open, you crack the door and then I let it go down you know like 600 degrees and then by the, to get it to go to the next round if it takes like 20 minutes like barely not even 20 minutes I say like 15 minutes it is mm. pretty it is pretty uh, for doing volume I mean 30 is not really volume but I mean if you're doing it in the shop it's pretty it's pretty cool
2: Mm. Cool. Speaking of, of the electrics there, we had when I was younger, there was an, a lovely, a lovely friend of the who was a neighbor. He was an electrician. And he had this very interesting way of doing his his kind of billing, his invoicing. So when he would kind of he's a one man show, he'd rock up and wire an entire house, he'd do everything around the farm or the dairy, whatever we needed fixed up. Well, but his way of charging everything and charging us was based on his regular work. But if he was sweating, he'd charge double time. Whoa. <laughs> so if he was chasing or like climbing ladders, basically, if he was cracking a sweat, it was times two. So
3: the whole trick Damn. was to stop I sweating. Because he was having a hustle.
2: <laughs> he was having a hustle. I mean, if you're working right. a go hammer and chasing a wall, you
1: know, then yeah, that, that's double time. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is the United States, a union job would be double time all the time like yeah, yeah there you, there you, know. you know union guy around here i know some union guys here they'd be charging you that this this what well, you're getting this sweat pay whether you get the sweat charge regardless if you're sweating or not <laughs> <laughs> so take me through i want to know because you know for some reason we always get you around christmas which i love Yay. take me through the how many orders do you have and for for like hams and all christmas stuff What's it look like between now and the 24th of December? Like, what's your daily routine going to be like? I
2: think what's kind of probably more interesting is that in our quietest time of the year, we're running kind of smooth. So peak summer and peak Christmas, you know, like summer being big time, we're sort of the, the holiday destination down here. So and, and Christmas, you know, is everybody starts eating and doing all that kind of stuff. So what happens is that places that buy from us probably buy more than they normally would. Um, so I think the the ramp kinda kicks in. Um so we probably have the same customers and many of our customers at the markets kind of place orders, but it's it's that really that lovely thing about kind of winter and the excess yeah. <laughs> which food producers yeah. love.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just imagining like you have like a list of like you know, the neighbors are calling you up or, or you know, people that you mm. know are just like, I got to call Fingal. I know his no, number. Wait. I don't have to call the office. I know K- Fingle Because that's what I get. Like, now I'm getting like... Mm. I got a guy who's saying, I got this corporate, I got five corporate gifts I got to give. What do you got? And there's mm-hmm. a lot of like, you know, I don't want to go through the website or go through you at th- 11 o'clock at night. And I would imagine I that you're getting good, a lot that, of. That's the part of
2: relationships that's magical, isn't I it? Love you it. know, that whole thing. I hate yeah, it. There is it. a lovely thing. And you also have the power to deflect, but beautifully, depending on how much you want to, or you, to stop what you're doing or get the job done. No. But the. Um, no, I, I think that the, the, the whole thing we kind of have is like having done this for so long now, it's actually that the systems we put into place, like what used to, it's kind of like making a knife years ago. I mean, it used to take me an entire day to make one knife and now we're kind of grinding at least six or so knives in one day in the same amount of time and not cracking a sweat. Mm. You know, it's just the muscle memory and the efficiency of how to deal with the, 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 the kind of the algorithm or the, the kind of the whole overview of everything is important and like that's down to the team like Robin who's the manager of the smokehouse he's Dutch and he's the total opposite of me and that's why we get along so well because I'm all up in the clouds airy-fairy making sure everything's wonderful and everybody happy and he's making sure <laughs> shit's getting done yeah. so it's like <laughs> if we didn't have those relationships in the team here it'd be a shit show so I I think that we've we we've been kind of dealing with like trying to improve our, our kind of infrastructure. We got this planning permission for the biodigester, which I've always talked about. Yeah. So we're trying All to right. future-proof the place, which is kind of interesting because we're like thinking, how do we completely redesign our boilers, our infrastructure, the water, the electricity, how we're going to power the place, divide it between two meters. We're talking about how we can constantly improve the, um, the products and, and kind of what we're doing. But at the same time, like we're one of only a handful of places in this entire country that are doing like just not using that whole just commercial pork. Like we've got, you know, higher welfare. We've got all that kind of side of things coming in. So I suppose people who don't really look for that all year round, which is a pity they do for Christmas. And um, so, yeah, it definitely gets busier for us. And I think, um, I mean, life would be easier for us if we could put loads of preservatives and different things in there. Cause of right. course that that's another thing. So, I mean, you can there's a lot of shortcuts out there that make life easier so there's challenges but hey you know it's just a case of um of laying everything out and finding the structure and i so i my back is sore i mean literally i've been moving tons of stuff back and forth and back and forth and in and out and checking and double checking and writing lists and crossing them out and doing it again Mm -hmm. but um yeah i I don't quite i think that yeah it's just a case of of everybody knowing what has to be done doing twice as much we normally would and trying to do it as efficiently as possible and
3: when you're, your client base, is it, mm. are you doing more business to business uh, and selling to markets and retailers? Or are you also have like a market where you sell stuff and people like normal oh, na- we neighborhood We are, we are
2: people. total slags. We'll sell to anyone. That's nice. We're doors. total Slanging like that. that ween. <laughs> Somebody
1: <laughs> comes in, you got the fucking barn doors open and people walk in.
2: No, we don't. We don't n- nobody comes here to the farm as such. I mean, like we make everything here. But the one thing we've tried to do uh, is is kind of not have a shop here. Because the funny thing is, and I've always said this, people who are interested in this stuff, they're not boring. They're very interesting, if not fascinating people. And the problem is that risk of, of catching up and cho- talking and getting losing an entire day because you know yeah, right. somebody... So I, I think what happens to us is farmers markets are really important. We supply dis- distributors and we supply a lot of places direct. So basically we have our fingers and all toes. The yes. markets are where most of the, all that kind of Christmas hams and, and hampers and the sort of the, the products like, you know, everybody wants the sage and onion stuffing meat that's going to go in the turkey or whatever else. So that means that those markets are going to be phenomenally busy. So we're going to need more people to go to those and probably send a couple of vans up and go go gung ho most of the stuff from distributors probably left last week and then mm. what we're doing now is trying to make stuff that will get us through the period to kind of have cheese ready for for January um and um yeah so i suppose like the it's it's kind of just a case of
1: got your list checking it twice <laughs> the, right but and, um yeah and then your mm. the knife game is on hold for now do you know what i think since the monthly drops are there if if if
2: uh, in some ways people are very respectful that they kind of know that I mean like you. hey you get those messages do you have any knives and you kind of politely go no sorry but the next drop will be whenever and I'm kind of working it through the drops like the last, the last drop went quite well nice. I mean like they, they kind of went in a couple of minutes and, and it's kind of it was fun and it was kind of nice to see the result from Damasteel as well because you always wonder if you if you lay it out and you make a load of your highest end knives you know and you've been used to sort of maybe selling out there's going to be that time it's not going to happen you know, sure or next time or when when yeah so um i think that you know luckily i'm kind of i i still to this day do not understand how i can make that balance between making kind of affordable easygoing kind of in middle of the ground knives and also make very high end knives and that there's demand and that one doesn't affect the other and how to do all that but um i think that's just the diversity of of clientele and it's like food sure if, you know what one person kind of thinks is too spicy somebody else will will love and and i think um I think just the creativity and the whole the whole process. I, I kind of, if anything, I'm getting bored of. I, I think then probably the you know potential customers are the same. So it kind of makes me interested in kind of finding the next tweak or, or adjustment, um, or maybe reinventing something that's been in the past.
1: That's what I've had to do, and I've always mm. I've always tried to do that. Is you know we'll do some kind of high end exotic stuff. Or, you know, like before the end of the year, I'm going to forge out some integral bolster knives and I have some Damascus here from some friends and I'm going to knock some of that. I've, you know, the expensive stuff, but I've been really enjoying the small stuff, the inexpensive stuff, trying to get stuff into people's hands, especially different demographics. Yeah. You know, you'll always have the, all of a sudden the guy was, you know, he's got just money to burn and he buys something, you know, expensive, which is always a shocker, but... You know, listeners of this podcast are starting to be able to buy my less expensive knives, and I'm into it. You know, it's like I I do enjoy, I do enjoy like these shop knives. I've decided we're keeping them at 250 a pop, and that's it. And we're no you sh- know free shipping through December, and it's been awesome, and it's been fun, and it's been exciting, and you know everything about the between the build and the labor and the design. It's all correct I'm, I'm very very happy with it but that's one of the things that is you know it's funny that you say that you have this kind of dilemma between the expensive stuff and the inexpensive stuff I don't have that dilemma at all I think well, do you know gives... the,
2: the thing is it's, it's the educational element of value for money and I mean that happens through food I mean like I, I, Christmas has come early now I, I've just got um, it arrived today by the courier but we get a Haman every Christmas so there's um uh, the Pata Negro oh, nice. Jamon, you know, I'm, I've always talked about the kind of the air dried um you know, the acorn fed pigs that are right. raiding the mountains in Spain. And like that is just something we've always had since a kid. A friend used to get them for us and now we just keep doing it. And um I mean like you know, they're not cheap, but it's like like what the Irish will spend on a really good bottle of whiskey might would somebody from another country would laugh at. But <laughs> the Spanish like will what? spend Oh, no, what I'm getting at, like, hey, look, anybody will go and spend a couple of hundred quid, uh, you know, if it was going to be, you know, a really high end hamon or the same on a bottle of whiskey. or I mean, like those luxuries in life, you right, know, that, that that everybody's value for money. And I mean, the funny thing is, when you talk about food, you know what it what it took to make that or the skill set or the speciality or, or the, 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 the enjoyment you'll get from it. The funny thing is that we also that coming from a food background, you also have that that maker element, which is like, hey, but. This is going to stick around. You're going to have this, and there's that fun thing about seeing um, the values. Like, hey, if you're going to make a damasteel steel knife, we know that the raw materials are quadruple, if I mean exponentially more expensive than a, a bit of um, you know plain monosteel. So right. the funny thing is, is that I think people have learned more and more over time the the value of the materials that go into that. If you start using very precious, stabilized kind of materials or fossils or you know things like that. But I think that people can also tell when the workload kind of goes into it. It's not quick and easy to make the sheaths and to, to the bigger package like you're doing with your with your, your you know the the very clever sheath you have with your with your um, what? Give me the name again. The Blackbird Shop knife. The shop knife. I love it. I mean, and that's that's the funny thing. Try, <laughs> you would have laughed at me because I was trying to. Um, I made those little. Um, I made Damascus neck knife kiridashis which are called damnakiris <laughs> Dam- <damnikiris. laughs> and um and like i i spent an entire day to make i mean i i smashed and and destroyed about 10 different variations of the um of the little neck knife kind of uh, uh the, the 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 sheaths the um thermo-, the thermal the thermal Yeah, Kydex. Kydex, thanks. So, I mean, like, I was relearning the Kydex. And, you know, it's the funny, you have to, (laughs) it takes a long time to master these skills until you get them down. But
1: like everything, you know, everything is hard. I think that's Mm. the biggest issue that people haven't really figured out. We've come up with these, you know, with you see Instagram and you see people's lives and stuff like that, and you don't realize how hard everything is. Marriages are hard. You know everything's hard. You're getting your health is hard. Everything is everything takes a long time, and experience is underrated. And for yeah. everything, everything, I'm always surprised that like, I think that people's expectations are. I don't think people give themselves enough uh, room for error. And you know, here's an example with Kydex. Kydex is awesome because you know if you get the middle of the road stuff. It works great but if you get a thicker stuff or a thinner stuff all you get thinner material thicker material you think out oh, what the big what's the big difference there's a huge difference and there are there are there are giant uh, positives and negatives to each and you all of a sudden you, you know, I accidentally got the wrong size kydex and then I thought well I mean, how can I use this and make it great and you know you stumble onto these problems that you might not have done it unless you've had the experience
2: mm. like I, I was finding with the kydex because um, I'm trying to source all the materials and the little eyelets. Um, right. And then getting the, the eyelets come at a certain size, but the Kydex comes in, came in, in different thicknesses. Right. Um, and then getting them to kind of crimp over to pinch it enough. And I realized I had to use, you know, the thicker size had to be paired off with a thinner size to actually get the, the
1: eyelets to work. And <laughs> you know. There are some good websites. There are some good websites that when you buy Kydex, they'll... Sell the eyelets and then they'll say these eyelets are good for your thickness of your kydex Mm. Yeah, which is a big was a big problem If you all of a sudden you put the eyelet in and you don't see that fucking eyelet sticking all the way through because it's too short I've been there or if it's too long the eyelets are too long and then as you're crimping them over It's almost too much and they tear they'll be fugly. Yeah, it's it's all experience is all
2: underrated and it's like... But you know, to go back to that funny thing as well, is that there's that point when you have the right mentality that the actual pleasure you'll derive from something having worked for it. That's the correct mindset. I've, I believe in my, or it's at least my mindset. I think if things come too easy, there's a, there's a... The, it, it will have a long effect. I mean, like, this is the whole spoiled attitude. I mean, like, I don't wish that for my children or anything else. The things, when things come too easy, you take them for granted. If you work for it and you get the results, my God, everything tastes better, feels better, and is more enjoyable, I think, if you if you work for it and, and, and got that. And I think but, that's
1: you, the... but you also get an understanding. I mean, Morocco, you have an understanding of the hours and hours and weeks and weeks and years and years of forging there are these little steps that you just know and that you're able to see how something's working and then be able to kind of translate that into something else. You can kind of foresee problems. You can foresee things. You can, the experiences you have has allows you to try new things.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I'm constantly looking at my own work and, and also seeing other people's work and riffing on off of it, whether it's my own or somebody else's. Um, because I, while I do have all that depth of experience, it's only it's only one perspective. And there are so many of us doing this work and so many people doing work at high level. It's very cool to take inspiration or influence from other makers um, and see how you could twist it into your own thing or put your own flair on it or see how it could have been done slightly differently. To kind of again, kind of be it, for me, it would be exploring a new technique, but also trying to put my own flavor on it at the same time.
1: If I were to put some flavor on something, <laughs> I <I'd> probably, I, <laughs> I pro- probably go, I probably go to Texas. You know that? If I wanted some flavor, I'd go to Texas. Yeah. And if I'm in Texas, I'm going to Texas Ferry Supply because I know they have flavor over there. The flavor that I want is the red line baby in Dasi USA's Rhino Wet red line is over at Texas Ferry Supply and if you put in promo code knife talk 10 you get 10% off at Texas Ferry Supply for all that Rhino Wet you know what I'm saying all right That was awful so here's what we can do <laughs> it started off so good uh, sometimes you know the, the experience tells you fucking it's a dud or it's not a dud you gotta go with it so we can keep vamping which i'm happy to do we can do questions if you have quite i i think that i like christmas with vingle you know we you know are there any let's talk about are there any traditions moreko that you have in your family you and your family have for this christmas
3: time no, not really. No, I do have nothing? a question for you guys, so <laughs> no, okay, not go really. ahead. uh no I just I, I'm sure we'll have this conversation Wait too correct. Wait a second, Wait a
1: second. you do that. have a tradition. You got you and your whole family get like new pajamas.
3: Oh. I mean that's just something we just started doing over the so, since the, uh, like over the last two, three years. It's tradition, isn't it? Three. Yeah, I guess so. All right. we got to get you some Grinch pajamas.
1: <laughs> yeah, something.
3: <laughs> I saw really a Grinch.
2: So uh, uh, I saw on Instagram there was a Grinch right, driving a, a motorbike. And yeah. I thought, like, I actually I had a strong urge to
3: pick me up a Grinch outfit. Sure. I mean, just to be <laughs> clear, I, I do like no. the holiday season. Si- I do like like the music and I like people <laughs> spending time together. I love the, the community and family aspect of it. What I really... And it's just my own shit. It's like growing up. Oh, I'm struggling totally with money. you? I, I mean, We, we I, had you know just, what happened? Like, just enough money to keep a roof over our head and food in our stomachs, and that was basically it. And so it was a constant struggle throughout my entire childhood. And so the whole drive to get all this shit for people really drives me nuts because it's like, it's kind it's of more a,
2: pressure, isn't it? A the stress book. load of getting everything well, ready. Yeah yeah i mean i I worry about that christmas is one of those things where you have to kind of plan all these things it comes down to one day and and just like a birthday or anything else there can be an anticlimactic moment to it and i always remember the whole element of the stress i used to do these um christmas swims every year um, on a christmas day up to midday everybody kind of charges into the sea and that was always the straw that broke the camel's back that was the, the the point where i was like i day after straight away a cold you know that whole thing that you take a break after working really hard and you get sick yeah but um i think yeah learning to delegate over the past few years so i i have to admit i'm not a um, the most christmasy of people um but i think
1: it'll uh, i'm feeling good about this year i'm feeling good about this year yeah. see I, don't, I haven't bought presents for people in years, including my family you know I, I don't we don't really do the present thing I mean my kids I would love to go that direction Well for sure. just do it. What's I mean? Obviously, you have a very young child, and you know yes. your son would probably be bummed out if they got got
3: yeah, fucking nothing. Well, and we got a lot of young children too. In the all in the right, so you go out here.
1: and you get them a couple
2: things, this and that, and the yeah. thing. I mean, you take, what take I, care of kids, but adults need don't need to worry too much about that adults. I don't like, worry about the Adults who gives a yeah. shit about
1: them? no care. You know, I give I, for for my kids. My kid's birthday was yesterday. She turned nineteen. And we sent her a little package because she's out in California by herself. And I sent her a fucking hundred bucks and, and she's going to come back here. I'm going to treat her to a couple things. We're going to have some fun, but I don't, I don't worry about so many, so many things. And my wife too. I mean, I'm, I'm going to yeah. bring home nice food and we're going to cook and we're going to be together. You don't have to give people things. I mean, you know, my kid's 19 now. She does she give her some cash. You know, I give her well some... I think there's something nice
2: about giving giving a present that mat I mean, better than giving a shit present. If you know what I mean. Like you know, if you if yeah. it's a token bullshit thing, you know, yeah. like a candle, you know, that kind yeah, of thing.
3: Fuck a candle. Fuck a candle, yeah. Oh my <laughs> God. You know what I'm getting at. Yes, I know exactly what you're
1: Hillary, talking. Hillary, my wife's my wife's office, they do a secret Santa and they have like a twenty five dollar thing. And it's just like I just want to say to her, I'm like, everyone's wasting their twenty five dollars because nobody wants a candle. Nobody wants a candle. Nobody wants all this bullshit. It's just extra garbage. Just Why don't you just like...
2: Yeah. But you know what? Some people are so good at it. My sister Rosie, unfucking believable It's like she can reach into your mind and sort of like... Or anybody's. She's always that one oh, that wow. nails everything. But I, I think that comes from... Like you could just say she's... Bit, I think she just works her ass off. I think she thinks about it so much and gets it right. And there's just one of those people that cares and does Mm. it really well but that's it there's a certain person that actually commits nails it and does it and sees it through and just has that that thing like hey look we're not afraid of work it's just this is one of those jobs that's coming up for us now that we're like fuck i need this like a hole in the head but there's nothing that beats that feeling more than actually a loved person or somebody in your life that you find that present And the 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 enjoyment, that little kick of actually knowing that you you nailed it, you know. There is that that's it's probably more fear of not getting that
1: (laughs) that present that's actually overwhelming. And God bless God bless people looking for presents because us knife makers are being a real. Heap of trouble if yeah. not for them. Oh, for sure. I mean, presents are like, I mean, I'm all in. You know, I this, this past month, it's been like, I want to get this present for my fa- husband. I want to get this present for my wife. I want to get this present for my coworker. I'm like, I'm with you. So God mm. bless those people. And the <laughs> Christmas cheer, that's the Christmas cheer. Yeah. I'm with you. That's the Hanukkah cheer. Seven days with me, I'm with you. 100%. <laughs> no problem. Whatever you got, I'll take it.
3: Okay, can I ask my question for you guys? Please. Okay, because I and I was starting to kind of preface this. I know I'm sure we'll talk about this with Craig a little bit, and we've kind of touched on it a little bit in recent episodes. But um, I'm curious, what kind of goals you guys have for yourself in the coming year? Since we have Fingal here, Uh, I especially am interested to hear what he has for goals for, especially for the knife business um, in the coming year.
1: Go for Jeff. You first. I
2: want to. Know I mean, just like so.
3: things to learn, or things you guys want to do, yeah, or new no, techniques totally. you want to try out, and all that kind of stuff.
2: I think there's always got to be goals. I I know that that betterment is always one element of it. I feel like I've been over the past while been getting good at efficiency, and now it's kind of like combining efficiency with with improvement. Um, and I think on the sideline there's the, like i say there's a gadget a toy like that the, the 50 50 like the, the the fiber the fiber laser maybe oh, yeah. how to integrate something like that but also i want to i'm going to go over to hopefully i'm going to go out to austria and maybe do um a course um if i can get everything together i'd love to go out to to to, to tobias um oh, nice. and and kind of go out there, maybe do a course. So I want to do something like that. Um, I'd like to um, to probably, I think that there'll be challenges this coming year because we want to build a digester this year and kind of like, just kind of get that off the ground. I'm kind of seeing my kids grow. And one of the things I'm finding quite interesting is actually that, that the age that they're that influential age now where they'll actually come to help and, and feel part of it. And I think this would be an interesting thing for them because it's their future. It's one of the, the the things that if you're involved with, you become invested with, and it's about making your future better. And if they want to, because, you know, hey, we're, we're not going to ever make our kids take over, but it's nice to be there for a milestone in some kind of ways. Um, so I think, A, my my challenge of sort of bettering the future, making our farm a, a better place and a more efficient place and a sort of a, a more environmental yeah. place. Um, I think with knife making, I I think finding that balance of perhaps do you know i've always juggled that 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 thing would i sooner make a couple of very high end knives and stress about making them perfect or make a large larger amount of simpler knives but they both probably would have the same profit do you know i've always kind of do you know what i mean right. uh, i think i need to get my head around that and find the balance between the two and and keep that that kind of going because I, I feel like there is an important balance between them I, I don't want to pick on one more than the other i still don't know where i stand so i think that um it's it's yeah it's it's efficiencies and and structures and finding out how to 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 multitask always better i mean like there's the farm the cheese the smokehouse family and, and knives and to keep my fingers in all of those without dropping the ball in any one of them and making sure that people in the different areas don't feel left behind and that i kind of am covering those elements of it um because there's a funny integration between them all luckily and as long as we're all on the same page so i think that's my thing keep keep the integration um going and get better at, at communication and 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 that sort of things
1: you know you said something uh, a few sentences ago that was uh, that peaked my interest and in, i was i was talking about it with ben Camone uh this past week um we were talking about the the expensive knives and the and the inexpensive knives and then the the profit margin you know the 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 profit margin and and stuff like that and I was talking to, to Ben because I, I learned something at this, I was at this metal shop and we were doing a lot of installation on job sites and they were union and non-union job sites and it was like, it was hell. It was hell on earth. I just hated it. And I was talking to the owner and he was saying, just be careful with these union guys and just do your job. And he, he says, the, some of the biggest problems with these union jobs are the union iron workers see a job as a career. And I asked him, what do you does he mean by that? And he goes, he's like, every job doesn't have to be the career. You know, you, mm. what they mean is is these guys will kind of like string a job site along just because as long as they're there, they're getting paid. You know, if, it's, it, go, if, it, right. if, it, if it goes longer than it's supposed to, they're still getting paid no, no matter what. And he says, don't make a job a career. And I really felt like that's something that every knife I sell, I don't have to make a million dollars on, or it doesn't have to be all profit. If if, if the margins are good where we're keeping the lights on and are able to pay our bills, sometimes you don't have to, every knife doesn't have to be a career. And I think that that's kind of informed me in terms of um, how I price my knives and where I'm going because it allows me to say, you know, obviously, I don't want to take a loss on anything and I don't want to just make everything and, you know, just, just pay the bills. But there is something nice about the idea of Not every, not packing every penny into every knife, and just as long as you know, getting getting on to the next one and stuff like that. Um, Even knowing when to stop. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, every 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 job isn't a career, and mm-hmm. and I think that sometimes as you get the job done, like here's a good example: is we were doing uh, this the Cosmic Drift series, and we were supposed to do a, a last knife. We were we were doing a set. They didn't do very well this year, and and I and we were supposed to do we were going to do one more set. Nobody bought any sets. People bought singles, and I still have some singles and stuff like that. But it, I could feel that it really wasn't. It, was, it wasn't getting people. And it, fine, it's fine. So I basically kind of cut my losses in regards to making the volume. Like I didn't do, mm. I started making a lot of the first one and then I based on how they sold and then less on the second one and less on the third one, less on the fourth one. And then the last one, I was just like, yeah, forget it. We, and I said to Allison, she's like, well, don't you want to finish? I said, it can't make every job... I mean, it's it's not resonating. So we're going to just let it cut it loose. It's fine. I'm not And I'm not upset about it. And I don't see it as a failure. I don't see it as anything other than a good learning experience. And like we always say, it's not fish. So we pack them up and they're on the website. And one day someone will just grab them. So it's... That's good.
3: Because well, so it sounds like you're looking at it as part of your evolution. Hmm.
1: In regards to your question, in regards to this, I, I'm getting better at... Being more, uh, making executive decisions and not being uh, personal, feeling per- personal about them, and I okay. can and I don't, I don't, I don't get upset. I don't get, um, I don't him and Haw. I make decisions and I stick with them. And I'm and I, ever since the past couple years, I've been doing that. I really f- have been. It's been a very, every decision's been good. And it's, I'm not talking about, like, making major things. But I'm not like, all right, today we're just going to make, you know, fucking spoons. There's, like, I think about things, and then some things work and some things don't. For this year, this year, we had a goal in the beginning of January, and we've gone past the goal that we were supposed to go to so that's really good and i'm looking forward to tony and i are going to talk in january and we're going to set ourselves a bigger I've, I've goal i've got a question for you there that, that just ahead. kind of flags something if, if you ahead.
2: are and you're very much like i've often wondered when it comes to the drops and I, I don't know if the the statistics are there through perhaps a website like if i'm using squarespace I, it, is it available to actually see if you make a selection of knives? So you'd have all of your knives and available. Can you tell on your webpage, for example, which ones are looked at the most or what was sort of, yes,
1: mm, I have a, I have an analytics page that says Mm. what people are looking at. I can see who I can, I can't see who the person is, but I can see what they're looking on, on the website. I don't know who who it is. The most visited
2: web pages. I can do that,
1: but I can also see like right now, somebody's looking at the bushcraft section. They're looking at the bull elk. You know, but I, there's but a funny I, one between people looking and
2: people buying, so it's interesting to see if you also. I don't but then you only know too, that when they actually like. I, I, can you actually tell, perhaps, from your integrated element of of, of like something that I can see what of, goes
1: best. I can see yeah, what goes yeah. best, but at the same time, I don't get horned up about that stuff. Like it's it's. <laughs> I think it's a it's. I think it's really a, a huge mistake to. I look at the analytics and I look at how we are in regards to month to month and and everything like that. But I don't get too fucking. I don't dig deep. I don't dig deep in regards to all that stuff. It's just I don't feel mm. like it pays. Um, but I'm. It's I'm a funny, isn't it? The element I always joke
2: about the the expression couture, the couture of the knife world. I mean, it it is there is things that definitely the go in couture. and out of fashion. Uh, yeah, you cote know, yeah. the cat- well, oh, That's the, one. the high fashion. <laughs> that's
1: high fashion. Yeah, the I fancy Irish that <laughs> guy over here. All of a sudden, the <laughs> couture, unbelievable. I don't know. I'm looking forward to this coming year. I'm looking forward to also we we had talked with some uh, PR companies and they were just they weren't doing they were giving us bids after we were talking to them about stuff we didn't want. And it was like we passed on a lot of them. And we we should when we we should have if we were going to make a commitment, it would have had to have been in July and August to capitalize on Christmas. And Nothing. Nobody was just making it happen. So we're talking to a few other people. I got a meeting with some other content guy. and I'm looking forward to growing more than I did this past year.
3: Hmm. Yeah.
1: What about you, Marekka? What are your goals for this year?
3: My goals? Um, I mean, I want to keep doing... Scheduling actually before I do the podcast, my wife and I do our business meeting, and our schedule next year is pretty busy. So doing a lot more teaching engagements, um, which I'm really excited about, and then um, you know I've I have a lot of funky little jigs. And stuff that I use for my knife making. And I'm realizing like some of these are good products that I think a lot of people get value out of and they won't break the bank. And so I'm trying to figure out what the best ways to approach getting those into the hands of knife makers. Um, and uh, I think another. Yeah, I think well, it's just like they're hand, they're super handy, and it's some of these things that I've come up with. I'm actually super shocked that they don't already exist. Um, and and then another one is I want to I want to I've been people have been bugging me about making steel over the years uh, to sell, and so I've been trying to figure out how I could feel comfortable doing that, and um, I think I figured out a system for doing that while also Still making my full custom stuff at the same time, but then also like Finkel was saying, could you collaborate
2: try- with could you collaborate with somebody else who's already in that in in the probably the manufacture process
3: and perhaps develop something? I mean, make- potentially, yeah, probably. Um, but I think I have right now because it, it's, it's it's something I haven't even actually really done yet. Um, I have control issues of letting that go <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right yeah. now. Um, but then also trying to strike a balance, uh, of what both of you guys have kind of touched on between the, the fancy stuff and the more affordable stuff. Um, and so trying to figure out, uh, a product that's, uh, I hate calling it like a lower tier or whatever. Just this a simpler high quality knife just simpler um, so that's more more approachable and more accessible to people um, and And like Fingel's saying, like do I spend a month building two knives and stress over them, or do I spend a month building fifteen knives and low stress, easy peasy? definitely maybe a little bit more physical work um at the end
0: but uh what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving made with natural ingredients hero bread supports gut health promotes weight management and helps maintain blood sugar hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls Head to hero.co to shop today. Uh,
3: but then still getting kind of a similar payday. Would, would you Whereas, say that
0: they're
2: less, that they're, they're, they're probably less stressful, but the, the gratification of probably the accomplishment of the higher end knives, is there? Is there a, sort of a balance you'd find there?
3: Yeah, I think there's, I, 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 w- I would still have to play in both, I think. And I don't know if it's, you know, one month I do production stuff and then the next month I do, um, high-end stuff and then i kind of jump back and forth like that as well as going between all the different like i have i think diff- like eight different engagements lined up for next year wow. um between teaching and demonstrating and and well traveling get to And, a lot ireland, as well. and a lot, getting over to ireland
1: yeah are you going yeah. are you gonna go see fingal i,
3: I yep. think it's it's on our calendar it's on my calendar is it on your uh, calendar you have you
1: not booked the tickets yet
3: not yet no there we go. It's happening, it's June. We well, hope is this <laughs> June.
1: is this is this something we can talk
2: about or no? Well, you yeah, know it's early so. days so we don't want to eat our words, but um, oh, I think it, right. it, 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 yeah more will come. There's other people involved, so yeah, it's a watch this right. space oh. thing. Oh. but it's an excuse yeah. to get get Moreco over, and uh, you're welcome to join us as well if you're if
1: you feel like it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It may not happen with me. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, but I'm, it's I'm, not I'm like getting like, a bus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm fucking I'm fucking hard to get out of here. I I, I had to I've canceled. I don't he teach you. Dug in like, a like lot an Alabama play. tick. <laughs> I I have had to cancel. I cancel a lot of engagements, and and it's because I just it's just sometimes it's it's hard to get me out of the shop. It's hard to get me out of the house. It's everything's everything's difficult so it's like oh, i completely you know, agree with you I, I leave the farm three times a year <laughs> yeah well i mean you know I, it, it's one of those things too that we're like you know if i leave there's other things that need to be taken care of so it, mm. it just it, right. it becomes very hard so i don't i try not to make too many plans like i was supposed mm. to go to dinner with a guy on on monday night i'm like dude i can't i don't have time i don't have time to have dinner with you are you crazy <laughs> But with that said guys, if you are traveling and you're looking for some sweet sweet deals in Canada, this is not another not not Another not good one, but fine. Go to Maritime Knife Supply. It's your one stop shop for steel belts, abrasives, handle materials, tools, forges, kilns, and more. They're the Canadian distributor of combat abrasives. They're the Canadian distributor of, of Rhinoet. They also have Damasteel. They have the Broadback. They have Gator Piss. They got all that stuff. Go to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com Take care of, of uh, Lawrence just sent me a package. I, I bought some uh, belts from him. He sent me a nice hat. He sent me some mints. He sent me a fucking a jug for the gator piss. What a guy. Go to mm. Knife supply.com get yourself 10% off when you buy a 10 pack of abrasive belts. Maritime and we were talking Knife about
3: kydex Supply. earlier. And he sells kydex too.
1: There you go. Gotta love kydex, ladies and gentlemen. Gotta and speaking speaking, well, not really speaking of There's another <laughs> bad one. I, I, I have to tell you guys, if not next week, in the next couple of weeks, we're gonna have the all beef review. Oh, and right. this is our favorite episode of the year. It's your complaints. It's your complaints. And we read them off. So go to Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram and send in your beefs. But don't write me the Magna Carta, guys. There's a lot of side talk going on. I don't need the... And then she says, and then I says, <laughs> I don't need any of that. Just fucking get it down to like a nice little paragraph, a couple sentences. I don't like this. You don't like that. And um, we'll read it off. So... You need speaking to find of me for the who, what's the best beef?
2: I wonder if there's, uh, there's the best, of best beef, beef guys, awards.
1: Speaking of beefs, guys, something I wanted to bring up. I try to stay off Instagram because it's just it's just too much. It's too much the scrolling and the, everything seems the same. And for some reason, I don't know if this the, is the, a, the doom scroll is real. I, the <laughs> new this is a new food yeah. trend, maybe I don't know, maybe but it seems as though when I was a younger people would have oxtail soup and there was oxtail. And it wasn't a big deal, it was a cheap cut of meat and people made oxtail. Everything now is oxtail. I read about oxtail pizza. There's oxtail this, oxtail that, oxtail. Do you guys <laughs> ever have you guys ever had oxtail?
3: No, but it looks
2: delicious. Yeah,
1: I I love it,
2: but I I haven't been seeing it in um. It hasn't oh, kind of traveled out this way. The 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 friends, the
1: the, the the oxtail frenzy. I've seen so much goddamn oxtail. There's this one guy <laughs> in in Utah, and he goes, he calls, I'm Texas in every way. I got oxtails. He's smoking oxtails, and he opens the smoker, and there's Hundreds of these little cuts of oxtail, and all I can think of is where's all this goddamn how all these goddamn oxtails? Where are all these goddamn oxtails going? And I started (laughs) to think about it, and everyone's and I started to think about fucking oxtails, and all of a sudden I started thinking, Where are these oxtails? That's the the tail, and it dawned on me, it is the closest cut of meat to the asshole. The, the the closest cut of meat that's right next to the pooper is the oxtail, and I just it dawned on I me, mean, I was just like, Ugh. and the bigger it is, the closer Jeez. it is to the asshole. So
2: I just you realize about the skin's that.
3: still on, right? I mean, when there, it's there's, definitely, the things, yeah. there's definitely things. There's definitely things that are closer. Okay. I
2: mean, you could actually be eating the intestine. You yes, could be eating this, yes. you know all kinds of things that
1: But in regards to the skin, Morocco, have you ever marinated a piece of chicken? Yeah, sure. for
3: like 15 minutes. Why the fuck would you only marinate it for 15 okay, minutes? Let's say at 25
1: <laughs> minutes. Let's say at overnight. 20, what do you think? Say okay, overnight. yeah.
3: All right. So if Give you're, me a
1: fucking, couple hours if least. the tail is right next to the asshole for the life of the cow, that's marinating too.
3: Oh my god! No, <laughs> well, is it because the skin yeah, is a semi-permeable membrane?
2: I'm saying you, you, you I'm don't saying, you don't eat it rare. You don't eat it rare.
3: It's definitely I'm a say, dish I'm that you saying, cook the shit out of before I'm you eat it. These
1: guys are like getting all frothy you about the, this part. that's wait, like wait, Okay, asshole flapper.
3: So, have you not? You've never had like tripe tacos
1: oh yeah I mean, i'm not a big tr- i'm not a big i'm not a big i've had the only the only uh awful or Oof, guts, awful. whatever awful 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 it's all awful to me <laughs> you say I it like you had, feel it i've <laughs> had uh, th- the only one that i like is uh sweetbreads I'll, i like sweetbreads but what's that mean that's like the thymus gland in the chest mm. in the brain it's like in the link to the brain it's it's uh, usually sweetbreads are like uh, okay they're pretty. It's a gland that has good. a unique texture, and you don't you don't overcook it. It it, it it's, it's yeah,
2: big it's and crispy sort of in, and then like, it's South creamy. It's... And cultures and, and a lot of European ones as well. It, there's a yeah, fantastic it's dynamic, but here. that's
1: about it. I can't. I don't do the tripe. I don't do is that, that like
3: fucking mammal nuts. foie gras.
1: I don't even really eat that much kind meat of. anymore.
2: Kind of yeah, but the 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 interesting thing is is that like. The, the the like and to go back to this whole thing is like if the whole world just at the prime cuts you know the the the, the trite, like the the fillet the sirloin the chicken breast if we yeah. only ate the best cuts then then the world wouldn't be a better place i think that the, the that fantastic thing about it, if you look at asian culture they get so excited about almost the bits that we would throw away and think are terrible. There's mm-hmm. a sort of a mindset of texture. The Irish have this this love of a thing called crew beans, which are like salted pig's feet that are cooked and cooked and cooked and rendered. And like it's sticky and unctuous and sort of has this, but like you have to very much get stuck in and eat with your hands and it makes a t- nice. terrible mess. But it comes from <laughs> like a sort, of a, 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 a sort of a traditional food. I mean, what to you would be something that you eat um you know jeff that that actually would probably the most of the people in the world
1: would kind of go ooh i don't like well it's weird cuz now i'm not eating as we don't eat as much meat anymore and especially no, but i mean my even kids. that aside i mean there's there's always I, something
2: i mean let letting things don't go to waste is is what i'm kind no, of
1: getting at when i I'm, mean I was I was just being jokey about the oxtail, even though I'm not. I mean, part of me is just I mean, I'm a little bit jokey about it. And I'm sure it's delicious. And I was I'm glad that people are eating the <laughs> the fucking shithole flapper. I'm glad they're eating it, you know. Somebody's gotta eat it, otherwise it's gonna waste. Yeah. But um I you know, I just I don't know. I'm I'm consuming less and less these days. You're right. And and the
2: reducitarian element is, is something that's kind of good. Eat less and eat better. You know, better quality. I mean That the the food waste thing is a problem. I mean, if we're going to look to improve things for the future, it's Mm, about probably mm. being more, you know, having a better mindset of of kind of what you buy, how you buy and and how you eat. I mean, there's there's health and there's the sort of the, the overall big picture. And I don't think you need to lose yourself in it. But, um, you know, it it is something that that is probably should be part of a modern day education that, you know, used to be handed down a lot more. And what's terrible is when you break that element of sort of um, forwarding of of knowledge. And I, I often dread. Do you know there's always these periods in life where you will meet somebody who will blow you away, somebody who just has like a classical instrument that they've mastered or somebody who understands foraging. Or you know, there's people out there that will dig up a tradition from. Hey, look, we're knife makers. You know, some people think that's probably insane. <laughs> but what I'm kind of getting at is that that forwarding of knowledge that is is impro- it, 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 amazing. Like the um, nutrition and how it can heal us, herbs and sort of uh, everything in in that kind of element of things. Yeah, basically, I'm, I'm losing track now. But what I'm kind of well, getting at is, here,
1: is well, this, this brings me up to a good conversation. And we've been asked, I mean, how do you become? I mean, what do you look at to, in order to be sustainable? I mean, a, a sustainable company, let's say for knife making, is there anything you both do to try to reduce waste?
2: Well, I think we're we're small, aren't we? I mean, if you think about the sense of our scale, I mean, the worst thing that we probably battle with is that we, you know, the waste of our belts. So, I mean, could we use whetstones, you know, giant Japanese-style whetstones and grind or something kind of equivalent like that? How do we reduce consumables? Um, I mean, when it comes to the metal and the steel and those kind of side of things, they're sort of necessary. Just get from reputable companies if you can or upcycle wherever possible. Um and just the efficiency of use, uh, you know, between your yeah that that side of things to me is is the more important part, um, and then perhaps dealing with with our waste in some respects. Like I, I often kind of wonder about the dust and the kind of the the, the byproduct of the sort of the micarta and those kind of things. But um, yeah, I think it's it that that's some element of I've often thought of companies like there's Blenheim Forge is a fantastic company in in the UK and they're using Japanese water wheels to actually kind of grind. I mean, like they. They must buy a, you, you go through a lot less belts than 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 probably anybody else would, and I think you know, there's certain elements of that that are probably food for thought mm.
1: I think the interesting thing about when I try to discuss people when once in a while I get a customer saying well what's what's forging what's forging a knife all about And when I would explain that back in the day there was a dozen not that much the material wasn't as plentiful as it is now forging was a way to be conservative with your material and that is in, in, in and of itself i mean like i have when i have little end bits of whatever i'm figuring out ways in which to use them and not just throw them out
3: mm-hmm. you
1: yeah. know and in regards to belts i don't fucking throw them away until they are dead i have a pile <laughs> of them i have a mountain of a mountain of them and then what yeah. i've been doing is you know, with stainless, you know, the, it kill. You can't really use belts that long. I I give them to other, you know, John and Cliff. That they, they take them all because they'll use them down to nothing. So I mean, I'm I don't really throw a lot of belts out. I give them boxes of belts, oh, nice. you know, because you I mean they'll get more life out of them than I will. Modern but at the belts same, are kind of interesting compared to
2: older ones. I mean, like the Trizac belts will last. I mean you can get so much life out of a Trizac Gator Belt or, or any of those guys compared to perhaps the old um aluminum kind of oxide kind of belts. You know, like if you right. think about the I, I can I dread to think how many belts I used to use back in the day before I discovered Trizac.
3: You know, I I love the concept of the Trizac belt, but I really struggle to Use them efficiently. I feel like I use them for about twenty minutes, and they glaze over, and I can't get it to cut. I use anymore. a wire
1: brush on mine.
2: I literally just uh, have a, huh. a, a one of the the large wire brushes and kiss it off it, and and she's back to life.
1: There's a yeah. There's a way. I think that when belts glaze over, you take a piece of flat steel and then you just kind of give it a knock. That, and that then might be a bit aggressive. It, but
2: I think the other thing is I I wet the hell out of them as well. That that huh. can work when I'm into the finer grits um Mm -hmm. but yeah i definitely find that the wire brush like the kind of one you'd use you know the the sort of more rectangular shaped many bristles as opposed to the sort of the the thinner skinnier wire brushes Uh, i use one of those guys like you would when you're when you're forging and you're kind of knocking the scale off something it's like the smaller version of that and it definitely um, deglazes it but also i think the speed of the belt is is there's a happy marriage between the speed of the belt and what you're doing as well right uh, and what you're grinding but um i found the happy equation and uh yeah it it literally has dramatically reduced the amount of but um i still use a lot of the finer grit belts the aluminum oxide with like the j flex on my handles i mean like i haven't got away from that but definitely with belts uh with blades i mean Um, yeah
1: how do you, what do you, Mareko, how are things that you, what do you do to kind of think about being sustainable?
3: I mean, I try, I mean, I think forging, like you were making the point about forging, uh, if you can learn how to forge properly, that's a good way to economize materials so you're, there's less waste. And obviously there are lots of different ways. Like if you're stock removing, uh, say, steel, you can turn the offcuts into, uh, you know, neck knife, kira and stuff like that. I think it's, I think it's, it, w- trying to be creative in um in in problem solving and li- in limiting your waste um especially when it comes to the materials that you're we're using in in the actual knife outside of that like fingle saying is like you know you know trying to find abrasive belts that are going to last longer than you know just half a knife or something like that um trying to you know you know, use machines, uh, honestly, as effectively as possible. So you're even just like running less electricity and building up your skills. I mean, there's, some stuff is just, there's nothing you can do about. Um, But at the same time, I don't honestly think about it too much i think about it honestly from my from the perspective of me not wasting money rather than me trying to save the planet because i because we are so small i especially as a sense of scale yeah, as compared to yeah, a giant a factory so, so, so tiny i so for me it's more about trying to just find places to save money um when it comes to the the expensive parts of the materials but Sometimes they but, go you know I'm the most yeah. expensive part, really. Me doing the work is the most expensive part of the night. Of
1: course, baking. but sometimes it's nice to think about. I mean, here's here's a good example. Like when you're cooking or you're baking, and you roll out the dough, when you're cutting out with a cookie cutter the cookies, you're not just fucking slapping them all over the place. You're trying to like. Nest them as, right. uh, as the water jet guys would do. And yeah. I, I think about that in regards to when I'm buying steel for stock removal, if I'm not water jet cutting it, mm-hmm. I think about the stock removal. I think about the steel I'm buying in the sense of like, what's the most efficient steel I can buy that will yield me exactly what I want without a lot of waste? Like with these uh, shop knives, when I d- did them. The, the thickest part of them, the, the widest part, is an inch. So I bought long stretches of inch by three, uh, 30 seconds, right. and then it allowed me to a not waste as much steel, but b it actually helped my helped the the labor because I wasn't having to kind of gnaw through a ton of you know a steel plate. You know, it yeah. was like you weren't deconstructing but, the puzzle as opposed to working. No, I was making one cut, and then we were we were making a couple cup. You know, you know, let's say we get five. You know, knives out of each piece, and then we were one cut, and then we were buzzing them, and it, it, the the efficiencies made the labor much faster sure. because I was trying to not just say, oh, well, it's cheaper if I buy a pile of, you know, like four-inch wide piece of steel, and then I got to figure out how to get it on my bandsaw. I right. was, you know, trying to be efficient in regards to the material, and then there's hardly any waste.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's, when it comes to belts, I guess back to belts, something I've done— over the years, uh, gosh, starting actually a while back, maybe six years ago, I've started adding intermediary abrasive steps. So instead of jumping from like uh, 60 to 220, now I have at least a 120 step in there. And that, because I'm not trying to make a 220 belt do the work that maybe right. an 80 grit belt and a 100 grit and a 120 and a 180, then a 220, instead of making that massive jump, I have a step in between, ideally, maybe I would have a couple steps, but then every time you have another step and sure, you got to change the belt out, but you can get more life out of that belt because you're only doing the work that that particular grit is meant to do. And then you move on to the next one. And so instead of a belt only lasting for maybe one knife, you can get it to actually last for multiple knives because you have these various steps in between. And that has helped me become a lot more efficient with my belt consumption, honestly um using the bandsaw or to cut off wheel wherever i can instead of abrading material away because every time you're grinding on the belt it's you're losing abrasive right so if you can use a bandsaw uh in place of abrasive in some places it doesn't make sense but some places it does you know cut it away um rather than using the abrasive and that again will help your belt to last longer um yeah
2: one of the things i found myself using a lot of is i i I never bought them before but i got the the sort of the coarse or the 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 burgundy or the red um colored scotch bright belt the aggressive one yeah and oh they're fantastic i think when you know i've i kind of always thought it was gonna be too aggressive but actually i've been using that for sort of softening corners and i've Mm. sort of started integrating it into into a lot of things and and again, that's one of those belts that you get a lot of life out of that probably, right. you know, you'd find yourself using it to soften between grits or, or, or clean up areas when you're finishing off the knife, like the little pokey corners, um, you know, like where the, the plunge, behind the plunge line and, you know, th- those kind of things. And I, I love finding those shortcuts that are oh. under your nose um, just to blend, to blend things in and and, and, and find that kind of element. But I, I'm so contradictory on how my, my belt progressions. And it almost changes with steels. I mean, if I'm doing um, some Managashi blades, you know, they have soft cladding. It's a whole different ballgame to grinding those than it is to grinding 14C20 at N. And then you have, like, say, RWL34, which is a lot harder, you know, up in mm-hmm. the 60s, Rockwell-wise. So you find yourself grinding in a different manner, but it's a lot easier to sort of mirror polish. But that's a whole different kind of ballgame different steels kind of almost call for you to adapt and the muscle memory of what you're going to call out for um at your at your fingertips of of sort of belts you kind of need to duck and weave um and i think that only comes with time but uh, yeah i think it's it what will work one week you'll just find yourself reinventing it um to just kind of get through the whole process
1: (laughs) well that you know it's interesting you say that because that's one of the those in terms of efficiencies in Morocco saying that labor is his most expensive thing, which is ours too. We've Mm -hmm. changed. I've made a lot of decisions over the years because of trying to figure out ways in which to make uh, the labor, cut the labor down. One of them was to figure out how to heat treat AEBL. So it would uh, be as efficient, as effective as the 440 C because 440 C is a fucking killer. And we actually had to hand sand a 440 C knife this week and David was just like, bro, this is after all the AEBL, this is killing me. And yeah. it was really, it was a huge, it was a huge amount of time saved. A lot of it was, you know, over the past couple of years trying to get the heat treatment down right. I wasn't having heat treatment correct. And now I finally got it right when I've incorporated the, uh, incorporated the liquid nitrogen and the doer of liquid nitrogen. And even though it's a little bit more, it's a little bit more of expensive, It's it saves us in the long run because... It is a, it's 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 easier to it's it's the material is easier to work with and I get the same results now. After talking to Matt Gentry a number of months ago, he kind of helped me, kind of get the the acid wash or the stone wash finish down, and that has saved us a lot in terms of labor because now all of a sudden we don't have. It, it, I'm getting a good res, the result that I like with a belt finish with the uh, with the stonewash and I'll tell you the reason why is because all of a sudden it's a matte finish there's no longer any you don't see the satin and you don't see any of the lines and that was the problem I always had with my belt finishes I just didn't like the way that they looked with the lights I felt like those lines going from the from the spine to the heel would stop your eye when you're looking down the, the knife. Now, if you give, make it a matte finish with the, with the acid and the stonewash, all of a sudden you lose all those lines completely, and then you end up with something really nice. But it saves us, you know, an hour of labor, and that's Have you found a lot. It
2: In a modern
1: world as well with LED lights, that um, like
2: LED lights are very unfavorable in some ways. They, they will make an imperfection stand out. You sort of, mm. if you've um, strong, powerful LED lights, spotlights down in your workstation, you actually see things. There's something lovely about warm white, you know, as opposed to sort of cool white. And 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 there's mm, sure. different lights will uh, will will sort of show up different things. And I find that if I'm working on a knife at night and sort of are out in the sunshine, you'll see something you think is perfect, and then LED lights will kind of make them worse. And I've, I think that's something kind of interesting as well, is that perhaps we have a more unforgiving sort of light source now than we probably did several years ago.
1: You know, before. And when the, your the, customer sends you a picture of the knife on their hardwood on their kitchen, and you're just like, <laughs> ah, Jesus Christ, don't fucking post that picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! I'm just like, oh my God! I don't know what's worse—a picture, a picture of like—I get a gleeful guy on the dead animal with my knife, or fucking one on their, one on their with their terrible lighting in their kitchen. (laughs) (sighs) Hey, don't repost it. Don't repost it, guys. Listen, if you're going to save some money with some belts because you're trying to do the right thing, go get yourself a Broadbeck Ironworks. Uh, 2 by 72 grinder. It's a grinder made by knife makers for knife makers and metal workers and anybody removing material. If you go to com, put in the promo code Knife Talk 10 you're going to get 10% off all the packages, all the parts, all the stuff. It's a great machine, and their customer service is great. Uh, it's a great company, and we are all behind our friends at Broadback Ironworks. Mm-hmm. I so. was
2: using my Moreco Platin today. I love it. How good yeah, is that? Boy. How
1: good is that platin? Mm. <laughs> I was I was using that Platten too. I use that Platten. I have a couple of them. And I like the bottom Ooh. wheel. And I was doing some friction folders. We're gonna ha- we're gonna put six friction folders on the website. And I started to use that bottom wheel. was that a four inch wheel? Yeah. yeah. I use that for the hollow grind. And I've been using usually a, a nine inch a nine inch contact wheel for the hollow grind. And I, but I love that to, it's
2: a rubber wheel as well.
1: Yeah, I decided to use the Moreco Platin four inch wheel because i really wanted that i really wanted that very shallow i want to get i the the blade itself wasn't very big so i wanted to make sure i got a lot of got a lot of motion in the ocean and that that four inch wheel was really great
3: yeah good you know what you what's, weird? It? You
1: know what's, what's weird what's weird is do you do a lot mreco do you do a lot of hollow grinds with damascus
3: uh i mean almost every knife i do has no but like a S tight one, one
1: like a tight one uh, rarely,
3: well, I mean, it's but I have done, done a wheel. Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm just saying because I just, uh, ground some Damascus with a four inch wheel and because of the, it's little, it's thin. Yeah. It, you, you, you get thicker, you know, towards the bottom, I was getting thicker lines and because it's so tight, I was getting thinner in the, in the middle. It was definitely a different reaction than I was expecting.
3: Mm, sure. Cause you're cutting through the material and you're kind of getting that cross sectional look. Right. Yeah. Like I'll, yeah. I'll
1: start my hologrinds with
2: a smaller wheel and then work up to a bigger one, just to kind of make life easier and get oh, the direction right. So I mean, like you, you yeah. set yourself a little trough, and then that right. becomes the the guideline for for a bigger wheel. So you're not hopping around the place. You that's know, it a gives good you, idea. Gives you something to follow.
1: <laughs> it's like I just when, go for it. <laughs> well, you yeah. know, that's what we do when we do when we do file work. We will mark out where all the lines are, and then I'll use a triangle uh, file just to make a notch so you're not just skating around with the round file. Oh, yeah, sure. Because if you don't make a mark, you don't make a little V channel, you're fucked.
2: Yeah. Uh, I still
1: Dremel the shit out of Fordham. The <laughs> old Dremel. You ain't yeah. Dremelin'. You ain't got five Dremels going. You ain't Dremelin', right? <laughs> I'm, only to, I'm only down to four. <laughs> so do we answer all your your question, Mareko, in regards to what our... what our, uh, We've been all over the place. Do we answer your yeah, question? Yeah, no, our- it's
3: just, just something I was curious about, and I, I love... He- you know I don't get to have these conversations with other makers very often and I'm sure some of the people listening don't get to hear those conversations or have people to talk to about that so I thought it would be cool to talk about especially you guys uh or I guess the three of us who are a little bit more established just to see what our goals for the future are going forward
1: Well, I I tell you, I mean, you know, (laughs) the funny thing is, is I had this (laughs) conversation with Ben and uh, Ben Camone, and now and Fingal, too. You know, when I do drops, everything doesn't go, you know, and I'm I'm, uh, and it's it's I'm not I don't want people to think that like I'm like Neil Camomore. I, you know, I say the word go and everything's gone in two seconds. It's not the case. I think that now we're at the point where we have stuff on the website where there's stuff to grab and go and all that stuff. But, you know, I want to get... We want to build. I want to grow. I want to grow. Yeah. I want I don't necessarily need to have everything sold out as soon as I drop it, but we need to get a wider audience. And that's really kind of where we're at now.
3: Well, and something you used to do... Uh, especially when you were early on, you were doing these collaboration series, like these limited series, and Mm. I feel like you've kind of gotten away from that. I don't know if that's been intentional. I'll tell you. uh, If if it's been on purpose or if it's...
1: I'll tell you the truth. So back in the day... We, Tony and I had so many friends in the culinary game, who were big name guys that we knew, like Brian Voltaggio, I knew Brian Voltaggio when he was a cook, and we knew him. I I fucking went out for drinks with him, and we thought it would be a great idea, and it gave them an opportunity to have something of interest and stuff like that. Some people are, some people want to help, some people want to do it, but some people don't. And the problem is, is if you don't have a relationship with the person, where they're willing to put in the effort to promote it, it's a mm. loser. And that's the problem. You know, the problem is, is, and that's the thing about collaborations. If you're collaborating with someone and they're not willing to put in the amount of effort and energy to promote it, and then it was just it came to the point where we would do pretty well with it and there would be a couple of posts and there would be nobody would be getting it too deep into it because we were doing you know 25 to 50 knives and we were you you know uh, the percentage was going to the chef's charity of choice and I'd make them a couple of knives and you know we they they liked the the prestige of it all but none of them did as much work as I did and it got to the point where one of the last ones we did I sold all of them and it was just like I said to Tony, I was like, "Yo, this is fun and all, but like, if I'm going to do a signature series, let's—I'll do my signature series. Sure. That's why Neptune's Sunrise came through because I just like, I'd rather do my own artistic
3: situation.
1: So right. we have been in talks well, with other. So
3: basically, like, why are you giving away a, a chunk or a percentage of the sales I mean, when you're doing all the work? I'm
1: not. It wasn't Even the about promotional. It work. wasn't about. It wasn't about money. It was always about like it's a it's it's not a it's about it's a fun way for people to kind of they see me i see them they see the the chef the new chef they see the restaurant Uh but i mean if the the other person's not doing anything or not enough then it's just like what the fuck am i making this knife for you know and it, it was like i just it wasn't fun and i felt as though and i made the point that like i don't need them at this point. Now, of course, if there if there's somebody who wants to do to do something we we're, we're talking to a few people and I'm game and I don't say no, but at the same time, it can be a fucking drag when you get into like a uh, collaboration with someone and they don't want to fucking Move stuff, and I well, it, would be, it would be wonderful if they came with a project that you wouldn't have thought of that actually you know, that's big. that's something. we were supposed to do something with these butchers and and it was gonna be fun. And then, you know I made a couple knives for them. <laughs> yeah, and this your these knife. ideas? I did that yeah and you know they just never got back to me so I was like fine mm. and that happens too I don't get crazy about it and I also look at how much work people do online and I have chef friends that I like to deal with and stuff like that but it's some people it'll work with some people alone and I found myself being irritated that I was doing everything you know and it was like you know, I want it to be a fun ordeal and me not having to do absolutely everything for somebody who really didn't give a shit. I Charlie was awesome. Charlie Palmer was great and because I've known him and we did it out of, you know, friendship. And that was when it's good. But like, as a business, these things can, if someone not into it, it sucks.
3: I'm surprised he, I never saw you do one with uh, Jacques Papin.
1: Look, he's an old guy. He doesn't want to. And, and the thing is, is um, between you and me and the, all the listeners listening to this, they got him running. They got him running around doing all this stuff. I don't need to bother him. No, you know, he's, it's not, he's a
3: busy guy. He's for a his old.
1: Age. His family's doing a great job with him. But like at the same time, it's like you. When you also get to a certain, you you gotta you gotta get into it with a certain type of person. It, when you start to get into it with a big type of person they hockey and shine for everything and you get your fucking ass handed to you so like he's still I mean, there are guys out there who there are guys out there it's it's not a it's not it's a fun project but it's like it's a lot more it the juice isn't worth the squeeze sometimes and you know gotcha. we'll come up with it at some point i mean i just and i'm hesitant to do it only because i unless somebody's into it it's a loser it's a loser and it's like you know it's a loser so That's the answer for that, but I mean, I you know I think that for it was a great experience. I'm glad we did it. Um, Do you think there's an untapped into element there? So
2: we're talking about chefs, you know, you have artists who bring art to the equation. There's utility and sort of there is uh, hunting is there sort of some area out there that you feel could be a, a world that, that perhaps we're not tapping into that, that is a sharp-edged object? <laughs>
1: I'll tell you I'll tell you something, to, in my opinion, <laughs> that I, I think about a lot. And I think about it a lot just because it's a friend of ours. Josh Smith, what he's done with Montana Knife Company, mm. is so fascinating. But what he's done is he's been able to tap into a, a demographic that's totally different from most knife makers' demographic. He's tapping into this mma crossfit hunter hiker you know extreme he's got this group this group of people and they're fucking voraciously buying his stuff and they're all probably you know i'm, Maybe not, gonna that's by coincidence. All, I'm not gonna say they're all steroids
2: I, I, but dude, I, I, I think it's fantastic because Moreco's involved <laughs> and i'm very moreko congratulations on your on your your connection to the the culinary element of his knives um mm-hmm but i i am very glad to see his success and I, I think it is kind of fascinating but um that but he's, got he's, got genres, yeah. he's got a mm, different he's got a different demo he's got a different demo than most people but and did, that's did, the did, did thing that, come that people by coincidence, don't
1: realize or did actually was that focus no. concentration i mean clearly it was because of you know the relationship he has with i don't know joe Rogan and Dana white and all of a sudden all these
3: but you know you where know, that all started go ahead was elk pressing fest 2020 <laughs> Elk at, pressing at winter, fest. you remember i went to winter strong oh, yeah and winter went, strong yeah, and yeah. those are all the fuck it, it's not just people that do it's it's the heads of big companies go to that mm-hmm. thing and they and and josh has had this concept for a long time and he did a great job making those connections and those relationships at that event but
1: his demographic and, is much amount. more voracious than than most yeah
3: they're they are they are motivated for right. fucking sure
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta love that. So I mean, but that's but that's an example of a market that may be untapped. Right. You know, and and I think like I I think about Greg Sims. He he was very involved with the offshore fishing community, and I think he's still doing a lot of stuff where he's geared towards offshore fishing guys. And I think that there are untapped markets. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think we just have to think about it. You know. Yeah. No. And the other thing is with Josh, is that was his bag. I mean he's I mean he's been a hunter for his whole life. You know, it's yeah. like this is it isn't like a fabricated history. You know, he's he's been, you know, it's something that he understands. He's so and it makes it. sense.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, what do you think, Marek? What do you think the
3: untapped market is? Oh man. I think it's uh I think it's uh <sighs> I don't know, actually. Yeah. No, I just, there are so many people who are working from home um, or, or remotely. And I think a lot of them probably are doing a lot more of their own cooking um, and figuring out, like, I think some people started to connect or, or some of that demographic started to connect with makers, especially in the middle of the pan- or the beginning in the middle of the pandemic and slowed down since then. But um, it's finding those people. Um, who don't realize you know <laughs> that they want something that's essentially like functional art in their sh- in their house that, that has a story and, and a history that they can connect to and that they feel helps to invigorate the experience and enliven and, and the experience of cooking their own food and so they mm, feel like they're the those ones. fancy yeah, yeah and they, so they feel like they're the same, like on par with those fancy fuckers on influencers on Instagram and the Food Network and all those different cooking competition shows. They're like, they're trying to fill those shoes kind of in a way. And kind of, it's kind of honestly, it's like tapping into a fantasy aspect of people's mindsets rather than just providing them, simply providing them a tool that they need. It's like trying to tap into a part of them that they w- w- wish they were almost. That makes sense. It's it like makes sense. An, an imaginary world that they create for themselves. The interesting thing is
1: is when I see a lot of especially big influencer cooking influencers and I see like food network people and stuff like that, none of them are using knives that you that you stop everything and saying, what is he using? You know, they're all still <laughs> using the fucking Henkels and the Wustoffs and the, you know, whatever. There's an intimidation. I, I've talked to like a that.
2: few of the guys that we said sub- like I, I've made knives for some characters and they're like they, you don't really want to give them anything too bling bling it's distracting it takes from perhaps what they're trying to focus huh. on
1: that's interesting mm. mm-hmm. I
2: Something mean I like, know that go ahead I was just going to say like there's there's a couple of, of, of kind of celebrity characters that I was making knives for and, and definitely it, it came up you know, when it came to like, do you want the, the nickel clad sumanagashi with, you know, sort of the bright colored this, that, and the other? And it's like, I kind of knew the answer before I said it, <laughs> right. you know. Obviously not, you know, you want it to kind of blend in and not be a distraction. You have to think of it from the cameraman's side of things. And, and also, you know, logos can't be too over the top. You don't want to, if you can be subtle with things as well, there, there is that element of sort of integration of, of things. And to me, uh, uh, an almost over-the-top pl- product placement can be, um, you know, not as good as perhaps subtle placements sometimes, you know. Hmm. Well, uh, s-
1: speaking of which, when I see it, anytime I see a Matty Matheson video, he always has a Bob Kramer, uh, uh, a Wischtoff or Henkel or whatever the hell it is. Oh, he does? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, every time. I always see, he always, he always is slinging that Bob Kramer. Uh, that guy's a willing. character for sure.
3: Yeah.
2: He's but guys, I mean, I, I had a, you fun, know. a fun project. To, I, I, I made a knife for him with a friend who a friend of his. And it was um, his grandfather. It was his grandfather had or had the, the restaurant called the Blue Goose. And it's the same tattoo on his chest. Mm. And um, we made a knife for him with a feather blade, um, a, a feather Damascus, high carbon feather Damascus blade. And then I got my neighbor, who's a friend, is a tattoo artist to tattoo the sheath with a goose wing so from the whole way down and it was to tie in with the so the feather feather blade in a a tattooed case to kind of tie in with the restaurant that was tattooed on his chest (laughs) but we gave it to him the funny thing is but the funny thing (laughs) is we gave it to him when he gave, like, before we gave it to him, or before my <laughs> our mutual friend gave it to him, it was like, "I'm so fucking over tattoos." <laughs> it's <was> like shit, <laughs> you know. The oh, whole funny. thing was based around it. So yeah, there is this. Um...
3: I think something Neil Kami Moore has done a great job of is helped to, I guess, connect people that didn't realize they wanted and I I guess this kind of builds off what I was saying before people who are in different genres who aren't necessarily cooks, you know, there, there are singers who are cooks. There are athletes who are cooks there that aren't necessarily in the cooking world, but who love to cook for themselves and for their family and friends and stuff like that. And, and Neil has done a great job connecting with uh, various people from all kinds of backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Um, and and tapped into not only them but then their groups or or, and their acquaintanceships or other whatever their their network and and it has grown his ability to sell his work um to basically anybody he's not trying to target any specific group he's he's just hitting whoever's got money to to buy and and his he's great at telling the story again it's i feel like a lot of it comes back to the story aspect Mm. and and even though he doesn't talk very much on his Instagram, when he does talk, he has some very uh, meaningful things to share and say. And, and a lot of people really connect with that in, in, in a big way. And I think because of that, it doesn't matter what, what their quote unquote demo is, if they're, you know, whatever. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter what their demo is. They, they want his work. See, because they, yeah, but because they out there connect who love, with him. There's
2: people out there who love Ferraris and fancy bling bling cars and some people like sleepers. Do you ever see those cars that look like complete heaps of shit but actually the engine is like the biggest engine you can oh, ever yeah. imagine but in a terrible car? If you <laughs> yes. had a choice between that, what would I'd be your those. preference? <laughs> I know. I, I kind of want the dodgy Volvo that's got the V8. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> dodgy Volvo. I thought you said the dodgy Volvo. <laughs> fine uh, uh yeah i i my first car was a volvo and it was actually called the, <laughs> the dodgy volvo terrible it was a dodgy volvo the big oh, yellow love trungeon. i had <laughs> a big <Volvo laughs> state. it was terrible and the seals of the boot were gone so all you had was the smell of diesel <laughs>
1: everywhere you oh, drove. Tasty. Like, speaking you. of uh speaking of the smell of diesel I gotta tell, I gotta tell everybody about another bad one. <laughs> it ain't got much better. It's getting worse and worse. Damasteel, ladies and gentlemen, you're talking to Fingal Ferguson. He's the king of Damasteel. And if you go to Damasteel.se, you're gonna get 10% off if you use the promo code Knife Talk. Get yourself some of that. Stainless pattern welded steel, amazing patterns. Stuff is awesome. It's super duper easy to heat treat. So, yeah, the etching is dynamite easy, and the finishing is very easy. I would highly suggest get yourself some of that Damasteel. Go to damasteel.se, get yourself that 10% off with the promo code knife talk, and follow them on Instagram on Damasteel AB on Instagram. And then maybe they are if a you're good thi- company, they are a
2: good company with wonderful people. I has to admit, like over the years, getting to know them more and more. Uh, you know I, I, i'm hugely i'm becoming more and more of a fan every year i get to know them how how nice is carly seriously mm. how she nice is between carly. them all between the whole gang like the the funny thing is is that like when i first started making knives i don't know how long ago now like rory who taught me he was taught by bob Lovelace, who right. was cpm 154 which is very closely related to rwl 34 rwl robert william Lovelace. and the funny thing is is that like the um so like the first steel I used was the steel that he used. And then I contacted Damasteel. I, I mean, literally, I was, you know, it was my first few knives were made with, with RWL34. So i kind of known them for that long and just seeing the company kind of growing. And But like how, I mean, working with stainless steel is not easy on that element of you have to be incredibly clever or actually have a good mindset to to, to put it all together and efficiently produce that. And I think they've been they've been game, you know, they've they've been ahead of themselves for a long time to do that.
1: If you can heat treat EBL, you can heat treat damasteel. Easy. It's easy. It's, I mean, it's almost it's almost identical. So highly suggest. And then last but not least, if you're thinking about for the new year, you want to try to get your CAD business going. You want to try to think about ways in which to get some water jet cut, laser jet cut, go to KnifePrint.com. They are, it's an amazing feature. And a lot of our listeners are using KnifePrint. It's a, um, you don't have to download anything, all the, all the software and licensing agreements, you don't have to worry about any of that. It's a great entry point to Simply and Easily Design Knives with their software designed for knife making. Hit the render button, and it'll show you exactly what it's made of in 3D, spin it around, make corrections, super easy. Then you press print and then they'll cut it out for you and stick it in the mail. It's a great website, uh, easy to use, and uh, our friend Dennis Terrell did a YouTube video showing you how to use KnifePrint, so definitely check out that, um, KnifePrint.com. Go to the YouTube channel. Go check out Dennis's, and just to, you know, to think about it, I mean, you got, you know, if you especially if you can't get in the shop, maybe you want to sit in the computer and design something to do with that, KnifePrint.com. Guys, let's wrap this up with our uh, What's Going to Happen for Christmas what are you looking forward to? What are you looking forward to eating? No oxtails. I mean if you want a, you want a <laughs> oxtail.
0: You I oxtail. Mean, I'm not gonna and stop tacos. you, ladies.
1: If you want a little oxtail, I'm not gonna stop you. You know. <laughs> I wouldn't say no. <laughs> Marekko, what are you looking forward to for Christmas? What are you looking forward to eating? Uh,
3: what am I looking forward to? I am looking forward to Christmas dinner at back down. So we at Thanksgiving, we don't go down to my wife's aunt and uncle's, and we'll be back down there for Christmas dinner as well. Uh, her uncle always turns it on. He's a very talented cook, and they're always very gracious and awesome hosts. So uh, I'm looking forward to going down and hanging out with them. What, what will he be
1: making that you think
3: I don't know what he's going to be making. Hopefully I'm going to I'm I might like try to sneak in and request for some lamb if I can uh or or yeah, I think it would be, probably be some sort of lamb. All right. Lamb dish.
1: Foo foo. Fingle. <laughs> Fingle. What are you yeah. looking forward to and what do you gonna eat? I'm looking
2: forward to uh, you know Christmas dinner is going to be fantastic. We have a huge gang. I think um, there could be about 20-something plus um, for us this Christmas dinner. I think the merging of the families is happening, and I'm really looking forward to that. Um, the, do you know Christmas dinner is amazing? Stevens Day pie, the the day after, turning the leftovers into big pie. That is always something I look forward to. Um, mm. Christmas Day, we kind of have this little funny thing of like smoked salmon and scrambled eggs with some bubbles for breakfast just to get the day going um and basically i think that there's yeah do you know eating and cooking with other people i think at at the moment everybody's so busy we're in a routine i want to there's friends coming to stay um and i'm looking forward to cooking with somebody else not just cooking mm-hmm. by myself. I think I want Look to. I want to actually man the chopping board next to somebody else and enjoy the creativity of actually buzzing off somebody else and um, coming up with something new and different. Sounds
1: good. I wish. I wish. I. I'm looking forward to being with my family. We have little funny things that we do. Especially, uh, my family got into feast of seven fishes, and we'll put on Moonstruck, and then I'll make a course of this and a course of that. We'll do all seven fishes, and that's fun. And then my kid likes uh, Italian food for Christmas Day, so we'll do some of that. we fool around, and it, it is a nice. It, I'm a. I'm getting. I'm trying to gear this thing down. I'm so excited to go pick my daughter up from the from the airport, and. It's just I I do I do like the holidays much more and, and, and now that I'm getting older and I do I do really really enjoy the fact that my kin my kid was away she celebrated her 19th birthday in college and now she's going to come home and we're going to get to spend some time with her so
2: when's the new Doom <sighs> movie coming out the number two
1: I got to talk to t- Nico just posted my boy Nico Tavernisi yeah. was on that he was he was He's on evolved. that uh, how cool. Oh, he did all the pictures. He said it was crazy. He said it was totally bananas. He was uh, he was on that film, and I don't know when it's coming out, but I swear to God, this strike that's that's one I want to watch. Everybody's asses. There's great friends of ours who they've launched. um, It's
2: called the West Cork Film Studio, and they've um, this is like kind of the part of ireland that a lot of people come to film down here because it's kind of the scenic kind of area like star wars has been filmed down here and other things right and we now have like kind of the potential kind of green room and the a large kind of airport hangar of a building for for the movie so that's kind of close friends have been involved in that and i'm really excited to kind of see what's going to come of it because it's key placement and uh, this is early stages now so i can't wait to see what kind of comes out of it um but it's been opening my eyes to to sort of the how the industry works um it's fascinating that the whole the whole kind of um the film industry
1: um uh, oh i think you're saying something i think you're saying something (laughs) i think you're saying something i think i think uh i think finger ferguson's looking to be uh you know a movie guy i think he could be a movie oh no i look do you know the face yours (laughs)
2: <laughs> cute face and wacko it's, hair the, the crazy hair but, do you know what the, <laughs> i actually i there was um this year we, we we did a thing with um eater and that was kind of eye-opening i mean i do you know oh, wow. i think i remember listening to you talking about you know the the concepts you came up with for a tv series and all this kind of stuff it's funny what gets into your head when you see how the industry works but there's it, it's both fascinating and intimidating all at the same time i you know i've got utmost respect for people involved in the industry because it's it, there's nothing easy about it but um but uh, yeah no I, I i i think i'll sooner watch the
1: screen as opposed to be on it <laughs> all right there you go well i hate to stop this because this has been so much fun but i've got to go, go to the airport buddy no got to go Your to the little airport.
2: baby's coming
1: home fingal ferguson we cannot thank you enough for subbing in for craig Craig, last time I wasn't here, Craig says that I was had uh, undercooked turkey. I'm not going to <laughs> give him jokes. <laughs> I'm not going to give him jokes. I'm not going to give him jokes. But we miss you, Craig. We're going to see you next week, Craig. And Take guys, your diorite, buddy. Yeah he's fine this fucking guy he's fine don't worry about him he'll be all right guys listen if you want to listen uh send your beefs in for the all beef review and um fingal thank you so much for filling in last minute yeah thanks man. Hey, me cheers guys and Morocco is always good speaking to you thank you i hope you have a wonderful week you as well all right guys yeah. we'll see you next week all right bye for now <laughs>